one of the things that, um, as a as a as a um, a young man, one of the things that I that I learned, um, one of my things that I as as a young man, I loved to do gardening. That was one of the things as a teenager that I learned how to do. And one of the things, how I learned how to do gardening was is I learned how to watch, listen, and then apply the things that I learned. And as a result was, I was able to become a pretty good gardener, so to speak. Same thing with us, is that when we want to learn something, how do we learn? We hear, we ask questions, and then we... Again, then we apply those things which we learn, and we and we get the explanation, and we learn, and we we do those things. I'm sure there's many things in our own lives that we've heard that we've learned by listening, by asking questions, and then waiting for the exp explanation, so how to do it, and then we become adept at whatever thing that we were looking to do. That's the same point that Jesus is learning, is trying to teach us here this morning. He always uses parables or stories to teach his people how to learn spiritual truths from everyday things of life. And in this case, he uses, uh, he uses agriculture, he uses farming, he uses gardening as an illustration because that was an agricultural society. He used something that was familiar to them to explain to them spiritual truths using an everyday life example that they can understand and know. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And so we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 1 through, uh, verses 4 through uh, 15. Read along with me as I do this. When a large crowd was coming together, and those from the various cities were journeying to him. He spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it was choked out. Other seeds fell on the good soil, and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He was ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples began questioning him as to what the parable meant. And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest of the parables, so, so that seeing they may see and, not, and see, and hearing that they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they will not believe and be saved. Those in the rocky soil are those who hear the word, they receive the word with joy, and, they, and these have no firm root, and they believe, they believe for a while, and in time the temptation fall away. The seed which falls among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and bearing no fruit to maturity. But the end is a good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word 
in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and, and bear fruit with perseverance. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. I'm going to cover three specific points here this morning. He was ears. His disciples began questioning him. And now the parable is this. He was ears. Now there's people, as we saw last week, Jesus had developed quite a, a following. Um, and Jesus, and people were following him. We saw that the women were supporting him in his work and his ministry. But um, as he was teaching, he would, as he was doing the following, he would always use, as we talked about earlier, use examples from everyday culture, everyday society, to teach spiritual truths. And that's what he was doing here. And, from, and so he spoke to them by way of parable. Again, a parable is a story that uses uh, to explain a spiritual truth. And the sower went out to sow a seed. Um, and we all know that some of us are gardeners, some of us have farms, some of us know things about vegetables and fruits and, and growing them. And we know what makes for a strong vegetable, and we know what makes for a, a good vegetable. And here are, so, here are some exa examples that we can even relate in this room. And it says, the sower went out to sow his seed. The sower means the farmer or the gardener. And some fell by, beside the road and it was trampled underfoot and the birds ate it up. Um, so when he was going out to sow, he would normally they would just throw the, the seed into the, into the field and some of the fields would go along, sometimes they would end up going along the road. And, there, and the road, which would, the field would be along the side of the road. And sometimes this, the seed would go along the road. And so um, that's, one ex, and that's one example that he gave. And then and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. So normally people would just, wouldn't see the seed in the ground, they would walk on it, and then the birds would come along and they would eat it right, right up because it wasn't into the soil, but it was just right on the road, right there, and open. And so um, that seed, those seeds wouldn't grow. Let's go on here. And it says, the other seed fell along rocky soil and soon it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. What is one of the key things that vegetables or fruits need to grow? They need water, don't they? And so, there's not going to be much water in a rock, is there? Where does the water... Soil holds water, doesn't it? And so it holds moisture. And so the seed can grow and flourish in, in, in moisture and in the soil. And so the seed is, is not going to grow in the rock. And it says, other seed fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked it out. I know that in my backyard there's a lot of vines. And, um, and vines choke out things. They, they wrap around them and then they choke them. I don't know if you've ever seen that with your trees or with, with other vegetables or other plants. The vines can uh, really uh, wreak havoc or the, 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 the thorns and the thistles can wreak havoc in your garden if you have them. I don't know if you've seen that. I know I have. And then other seed... Uh, fell into good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He was ears to hear, let him hear. Now the seed, 
that fell along the good soil, what happened? You know what happens if it's a good, dark, rich soil? What happens? It grows up and you produce a good, strong plant. A good, strong vegetable or tomato or, or fruits or whatever. And it's strong. And if you think about it, if it's, if it's a darker the soil, sometimes it, the richer, the, the, the stronger the plant is, isn't it? And so, and if the soil, and the seed goes down deep into the soil, that means it's going to grow up and it's going to get all the nutrients from the soil and it's going to get the moisture, everything it needs in order for it to grow. Okay. So, we all understand that. The, uh, the ABCs of growing good vegetables and good plants. These, and Jesus knew that the people knew that. He gave them the examples so that they could understand, so that Jesus could point out specific spiritual truths that the people needed to hear, the people needed to know. His disciples began questioning him as to what the parable meant. Now, Jesus wanted the people to, to listen. That was the first thing. He wanted the people to listen, to hear, to hear what was uh, the way you know, what he was trying to say. So in other words, perk your ears up and listen. Sometimes we don't listen. I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. And we don't hear what is actually being said. And that's why it's really important as, as believers um, in our Lord Jesus Christ is that we listen when he says, when Jesus is speaking, we need to hear and we need to listen. Um, not, um, not, or our minds wandering, or not our hearts wandering, or whatever. But it's listening and hearing and understanding what he's trying to say. Because this is really important, because that's how we learn, and that's how we grow. And so, one of the ways that we learn and we grow is by questioning. And so what did his disciples begin to do? The disciples began questioning as to what the parable meant. And... So that's important. That's an important aspect of, of learning and of, of education. If you don't understand something, what do you do? You ask questions. So you do. I mean, you and so you get a better understanding. And Jesus knows that. Jesus knew that. He understood that. And and you say, well, how can I? If you don't understand something, if God says something, and you say, well, how can I ask God a question? You can still ask God. Does God speak? Absolutely He speaks. How does He speak sometimes? Doesn't He? He speaks through His Word. He speaks that still small voice that He, he talks about he talked about with Elijah when Elijah was in the cave, that still small voice. He speaks through other people. He speaks through other ministers, other brothers and sisters in the Lord. And He speaks and He and, and he speaks through his creation, like we were singing in the worship song. His, 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 the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, his handiwork. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they pour forth not. They speak forth knowledge. And there is no voice where there is no place where their voice is not heard. In other words, God speaks even through his what? His creation. That's Psalm 19, if you want to know that. And so God is speaking all the time. And so if we ask questions, God will speak, but it's just a matter of us recognizing when he speaks and hearing him and understanding what he's saying. Because that's important for us to ask questions. 
If we don't understand something, we need to ask questions and expect that God will answer. Expect that God will speak. Expect that God will say, okay, yeah, I'm speaking to you. No good parent, if their child asks them a question, no good parent will not answer their child. A good parent will answer, answer their child and, and give them an explanation if, if necessary at that point. So it's important for us to listen, but to also ask questions and in expectation that God is going to speak and give us an explanation. <coughs> And what did he say? To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables. In other words, he's saying to you, he's talking about to his disciples, but also to his people. Those who know him, those who truly love him, those who truly follow him, he's granted us to know and to understand. In other words, those who are true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's granted us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, to know and have an understanding of what spiritual things he's trying to convey, what spiritual things he's trying to teach, what spiritual things he's trying to show us in our lives. And he goes on here and he says, in parable, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. For some people, if their hearts are not right, if their hearts are not part of being a, being a child of God, they're not going to hear. They're not going to. They're not going to understand. They're not going to receive what he has to say, and that's so critically important for us as his people that we hear, that we hear what he has to say, that we understand what he has to say, that we know what he has to say. And as his people, as children of God, we can. But there's some that are not followers of God because they don't believe. They're not children of God because they don't believe. And as a result, they don't hear. And as a result, they don't learn. And as a result, they don't grow. And God will block their mind and block their heart from hearing and understanding because they refuse to follow Jesus, because they refuse to serve Him. They refuse to hear Him. Well, let's go on here. Let's look at verses 11 through 15. Now this is the parable of the, uh, the parable Jesus explains to those who listen. In other words, now Jesus, we hear that Jesus speaks, so we need to listen. But we need to also, Jesus gives an explanation. Um, the disciples ask questions, and now Jesus is going to give the explanation of what he was trying to convey. And hear me out, hear, hear us out in here, hear what the Word of God is saying here, because this is so important, so critically important, what he has to say here in this parable. Now the parable of this, the seed is the Word of God. Okay, so the seed, when we plant seeds, there's various kinds of seeds. We, um, the seeds to grow vegetables, there's seeds to grow flowers, there's seeds to grow trees, there's seeds to grow grains. There's all different types of seeds. And, but there's specific seeds that he is looking at here. And in this case, 
he's giving a spiritual explanation. So the seed here that he's talking about in the story is what? Is the word of what? Is the word of God. So in other words, the word that God is speaking is the seed that he is um, explaining. The word is the thing that he is talking about. He's talking about the word of God. This is what God has to say. This is what God is saying. This is what God is doing. And he, and so that's the seed. And so wherever that seed, if that seed goes, that's where it's going to grow or not grow. So, um, well, let me ask a question. Whenever the word of God is preached, or whenever the word of God is read, or whenever the word of God is spoken, does everyone who hear it receive it and grow and become Christians? No. It really doesn't. And that's a, a serious expert, that's a serious thing, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Those beside the road are those who have heard and the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. So, to everyone, here's the word of God. Listen, for example, um, you pre I, I preach the word. I give a gospel presentation. I'm ministering the word. I'm ministering the word right now. And you hear. And the gospel is presented. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it falls alongside the road. And let's say there's a group, a group of people in the in the in the in the service. And there's some that are not saved. And there's some that don't know the Lord. And they hear it. And so the seed is dropped, and it lands on the side of the road, so to speak. There's people there that hear the Word of God. In other words, the seed is, God is planting the seed. He's planting the seed, and what ends up happening is that it falls, it falls on the side of the road, so to speak, and then the devil comes along and he does what? He snatches it right out. So then what happens? They don't, they don't hear, they don't receive it, and then what and then they and what? So that they will not, will not believe and be saved. So he steals the word of God from the heart. So they won't believe and be saved. So I remember I shared this story before, but it, it bears worth repeating. I was I worked in I worked in rescue missions for many years of my, my life. Long time, Atlantic City, North Philly, and um, and we often get, would get gospel so every night. There was a gospel service that was given, and um, actually the one the service in Atlantic City was a, had that very picture in there, and I remember that it was in our it was in our dining room. I remember that. But the reality was that I remember early on, right after college, after I started working in the um, working in the working in the rescue mission, there was a gospel message that was given. And I used to I worked the overnight shift then. I worked from like eleven to seven at that time. 
And I remember walking around, making my bed checks, and it was around 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, I remember going in and checking the beds, and everybody was okay, everybody was sleeping. And then I go in, I, I got the guys up around 5.30 or 6, I think. And so I would go in there around 5.30 or 6 in the morning. And then I, I went to go wake them up. Sometimes I would go, I'd say, you know, I'd say, rise and shine, everybody get up. And then, uh, and then one, this one man didn't respond. And I went over and I shook his bed and didn't respond. And I shook him and he was ice cold. And he had a look on his face that word, you know, if, if words could describe a look on his face like the horror on his face. Sometimes you people have that type. You know, and you can see it. And um, that man had heard the gospel message because he used to come into the mission many times and they would hear the gospel message every night. And from the look on that man's face, from all the things that I knew, I I don't know, it didn't seem like he really knew the Lord because he didn't profess, make a profession for the Lord. And just the look on his face would describe that he didn't enter into the Lord. And he had an opportunity to hear the gospel. Every night, people were given the opportunity to hear and to respond to the gospel message. And I, but I don't believe that that man received the gospel message. That he saw it, that he heard it, that he received it. And so, as a result, he may have not gone to heaven before. And that's an example of that seed that fell along the rocky soil, the side of the road. And the devil comes along and he snatches it. And so that he couldn't believe and be saved and know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's go on to our next point. Those on the rocky soil are those who hear the word they, when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and they have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. So the rocks, you know, you can throw, the seed is the word of God. So, again, this is, again, an example. They, throw, they fall into the rocks. There's a little bit of moisture, then they grow up, and they grow up really quick. But then, because there's no soil there, there's no moisture what ends up happening? They end up falling away and dying and withering up. And the example is in the Christian life is that people who receive the word of God and they're all excited, yeah, I can. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to serve him with all my heart. And then they fall away and never to return. They're all excited, gung ho for a minute there. And because they have no root, because it fell on the rock, because they had no soil, because they had no moisture, they end up falling away. I've seen that many times when people get saved at a, at a gospel service, get saved um, uh, in church service, 
and they're real excited to come home for a, you know for a minute and then a minute so to speak and then what ends up happening is is that they end up falling away because they have no root. I'm sure we've seen it folks people who've responded to the Lord people who knew the Lord people who walked with the Lord I mean they were real excited at first but all of a sudden they 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 were you know they were back into the same old things that they were doing. As if it never really happened, but they had no root. That's a terrible thing to say. See, it really is. But the reality was because they didn't have the roots that they needed to sustain the growth that they needed for the Christian walk. And what happened was, is that when trials come and when temptations come, they couldn't stand it. Because trials and temptations are going to come in this world, aren't they? aren't they? They are. It's not if they come, it's when. And the, and the trials, as the scriptures teach, are for the perfection of our faith. And a believer, if it's in rocky soil and there's no root there, he's not going to be able, that person is not going to be able to stand within, within in the time of the temptation, the time of the trial, the time of the difficulty, the time of what you know what's, what's going on. Trials are meant to perfect us and to grow us and to mature us. And if we have that root, we're going to be able to grow and mature and be stronger as a result of it. If we don't have roots, we're not going to be able to stand. We're not going to be able to um, withstand the, the trials and the difficulties that come in this life. And so that's going to be really, really, really important that we understand that. Let's go on to our next point. It says, the seed which fell among thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, are choked with worries and riches and pleasures in this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. These are those who last for a little while longer than the ones who fell along the soil. Well, as we, as we talked about before, if you don't clean out your garden, the weeds and the, are going to choke out what? They're going to choke out the plants. And they're going to choke everything out. But I, I know in some of the, in some of the um, like in my backyard, there were some vines that had, had, had like a little area where there's a lot of trees, like, like, a, mini, like a mini forest behind my house. And there's a lot of vines back there. And some of the vines grew up so strong that the vines were very, really thick that what they did was they wrapped around the trees and choked the trees out. So the trees couldn't, they wrapped themselves around the trees. You look in the Amazon, there's vines that are so uh, pervasive that, the that they, they, they form like another thing around the tree and the tree chokes and the tree dies. That's the same way it is here. That's the same point here. Is that and what and what are those vines and what are those weeds in our in our life in the lives of this world? It's the pleasures and the things of the world. And what happens is, is that they're distractions. The riches and the pleasures. Nothing wrong with having wealthy uh, having things. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But what ends up happening is that those things end up if you allow them to end up choking out the Word of God and the seed and the plant that God has placed in our lives. 
You get distracted by those things. Those things become your God rather than Jesus being your God and your provider. And then, and then what ends up happening? You end up bringing no fruit. How long does it take for an, an apple tree to start bearing good fruit? It takes five years. If you want to get a good ripe apple, it takes at least five years for, a, for an apple tree to produce fruit. And, that, and that's when a tree is in it, maturity. And, when you, and you know that some fruit, when it's ripe, it, it, it produces great... If you ever see like, a, like little strawberries, or like, uh, like raspberries, or elderberries, or vegetables like a tomato, or any other corn. All of those things have to come to maturity in order to bear fruit, don't they? Same thing it is in the Christian life. We have to come to a place of maturity in our Christian walk where we are bearing fruit. In other words, we're bearing fruit that we're made to be. So what is a Christian supposed to be bearing? What's a Christian supposed to be doing? Christian's life is to bear fruit that shows that they are a believer. There's love. Love, which, love is what was a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, patience, and self-control. That's in Ephesians. No, it's in Galatians. No, that's in, yeah, it's in Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit. And so, if we're mature believers, we're going to bear those things in our life. We're love. We're going to have love. We're going to have joy in our life. Peace in our life. Patience in our life. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All these things are going to be a part and show us of who we are as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it there's those pleasures and those things in our lives choke us out. We're not going to bring any fruit to maturity. So we're not going to have the fruit that God meant us to be. The fruit's going to die before we even have a chance to become mature. Can you eat uh, a, a piece of corn that's not ready? It's not. How about a strawberry? Or some type of fruit, like a... Like a um, banana or anything else. You can't eat them unless they're mature. Same thing it is that we can't, people can't re receive from us what God has planted in us unless it's mature. And if they receive it, then what's going to happen is, is that they're going to receive uh, the blessings and the fruit of God in our lives from us. So let's go on. But the seed that in the good soil, and these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Okay. There's several things here that we need to look at. The ones who have heard this, so this is a good soil. It's that dark, good soil, that rich soil that's, that's moist and has all the nutrients in, nutrients in it. But heard the word in an honest and good heart. First thing is that um, in Matthew 5, 8 it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We know that verse. That's a part of the Beatitudes. 
So what's one of the key requisites for those, for, uh, for a believer who um, is going to grow and bear fruit to maturity? If they receive, they're the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart. In other words, there's no guile in their heart. There's no ulterior motives in their heart. They receive the word of God because they love God. And they have an honest heart. They're not manipulative. They're not sneaky. They're not trying to get something from God just because they want something. They receive it because they love God. It's an honest and sincere heart. You ever, um, you ever meet a person that has really, you know, there's no, there's no, you're not going to get something, they're not going to be sneaky towards you. They're not going to try and underhand do something in an underhand way to you. But they're just, they're an honest, sincere person. They're genuine. You ever meet people like that? It's very refreshing. To me, it's very refreshing to meet people like that. Because you don't have to question their integrity. You don't have to question their motive. You don't have to question what they're, and what they're, they're, all the things that they're trying to do. And you can trust them, can't you? And, and it's very, to me, that's very encouraging and refreshing to see that. They have an honest and sincere heart. That's what God looks for. That's the kind of if we want fruit in our lives, one of the things is, is that they to receive the word of God with an honest and sincere heart. Like, God, I just want to do what you want. I just want what you want. God, I want the best in my life. That's all I want. There's a sincerity there. And what's going to happen is Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are what the pure in heart, they shall see what? God. So if you really want to see God and you want to have fruit in your life, one of the key requisites is going to be what? You're going to seek God with a, what, an honest and sincere what? heart. There's not going to be ulterior motives to get something from God. You're not going to be good just so you can get something. You're going to, you're going to be good because you love God just because. You want to serve Him just because. And there's an honesty and sincerity in your heart towards God. Because God sees the heart. God knows the motives of the heart. God sees all that's going on in the heart. Doesn't He? He does. He knows everything that's inside. Are we perfect? No. Was David perfect? What did God say of David? The man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. David, has, David was not a perfect man by any means. But one thing David did was that David had an honest and sincere heart before God. And that's what God, that's, what, that's why David was blessed to be the the ancestor of Jesus. Came from the line and the lineage of David because David had a pure heart. That's the way it is. That's what God looks for in us as believers. And that's where maturity is going to come. If there's things that are not right in our heart before God, yeah, we may not be perfect, but what we do is we thank God, forgive me, show me mercy, and help me get things right. Am I perfect? No. Not by any means. Caleb will study on my not the perfect dad. But reality is that my heart's in the right place. I believe before God. And God sees that. And that's what he looks for in believers who are going to bear fruit. Understand what he's saying?
let's go on here. Um, uh, and the ones who hear the word of God in honest and good heart and hold it fast. In other words, they hold on to it. They receive what was said. They they hold they hold it fast. You ever? I always I think of this illustration. If you really want something, you're gonna what? You're gonna hold on to it with all your heart, aren't you? You're not gonna let it. You're not gonna do anything to let you go. What's gonna happen if there's if there's if there's a raging flood going on? And the flood's going on. And there's a tree there. What are you going to do? And you have a ch chance and opportunity to hold on to that tree or get swept away in the flood. What are you going to do? You're going to hold, you're going to hold on to the tree, aren't you? I hope you would. You're not going to let it go. You're going to hold on to it for your dear life, aren't you? You are. You're not going to let it go. You're not. And that's what the, what the illustration that we talk about here. They hold it fast. In other words, they hold on to it with all their life. They treasure it with all their life. They hold on to the Word of God and they don't let go. It's like they're holding on to Jesus with all the heart. They're, they have their, their arms wrapped around his feet. And they're not letting go. They're holding fast. And they're not going to let go. And that's the way believers are. They, in times of trials, in times of storms, in times of difficulty, in times of whatever comes that this life has. Because the scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust. Christians go through trials just like everyone else. But no matter how they handle the trials, no matter how they walk through this trial, and they hold on to Jesus for dear life, they hold him, they hold on to him, and they don't let go. They don't let go. No matter what they do, they hold on to him. Even when the storms, the waters are raging, they're holding on to him and not letting go. Even when the enemy's coming at him with all, with both barrels. They're coming at him with all the arrows and all the darts that he can throw at him. They're holding on to him. And they're holding on and they're not letting go. Because that's what believers do for a good soil. They hold on and they don't let go. They come with an honest and sincere heart. They hold on and they don't let go. And, and follow me. And bear fruit with perseverance. They bear fruit, in other words... They bear that fruit, those fruits of the Spirit. And they go and they share the gospel. And they see fruit and they see others come to Christ as a result of the seed in their lives. And they, and they, and they see and the seed multiplies. And the seed multiplies. And they bear fruit. And they bear, keep bearing fruit. And they keep bearing fruit. And they keep bearing fruit. But an apple tree just doesn't bear fruit one year, does it? It doesn't. It bears fruit year after year after year. If they, if they tend to a lot. <coughs> Same thing with us. But it says with perseverance. In other words, again, it comes through that there's going to be trials and there's going to be difficulties. What happens? Um, well, I, I have, I don't know if you guys remember last year. We had a real, and back in March of last year, we had a really bad storm. It was a late, a late snowstorm, and it was a really wet storm. And it took down a lot of trees. It took down a lot of trees. And like in my house, there was a number of trees. On my, on my left, there was a big old tall white pine. And on, my, and on the right, there was our magnolia tree, which I love, which is my, which is my favorite tree. 
And magnolia tree lost half at the back because that's where the storm came from. And from the weight of the snow, because of the wet snow and the wind, it lost a lot of branches on the back side of the tree. But that tree survived. Took down the dead branches. That tree survived. And the tree looks it's not back to 100%, but it's, it's producing a lot of new branches and new things, and it, and it was able to persevere from the storm, which was a pretty horrific storm that we had, which devastated that tree, but it came back. It persevered. Trials will come in our life, folks. Difficulties will come. Things will come. People won't like us because we're believers. That's a trial. We'll face health issues. We'll face financial issues. We'll face other things in this life. But we're going to bear, if we're strong believers, we're going to keep bearing fruit in season. Time after time after time. We're going to persevere. We're going to get through it, and we're going to come through it, aren't we, folks? Aren't we? Because we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a part of what good believers do. They receive it in the Word with honest and sincere heart. They, um, they persevere. They, um, they, they hold it fast. They don't let go. And they persevere. And in the end, they come out shining. In the end, they come out shining. And what happens is that God does a wonderful thing in their life. And in the end, they're coming across, and God says, well done, good and faithful servant, and good time has. And that's the way it is with the Christian life. You know, you can use the illustration, well, let us be that soil that receives it with an honest and sincere heart, that we hold on, and that we persevere and bear fruit abundant fruit for all to see and for others to receive from the Word of God that's produced in our lives. Amen. Amen.